welcome to The Leading Edge. My name is Ben, and I have been managing teams, projects, and campaigns for nearly 20 years. Leadership is not a job title. Management is not leadership. Leadership is getting to know yourself and your colleagues, being confident to make suggestions, standing up for what you think will move your group forward, being prepared to be wrong and to learn from mistakes as well as successes. Every book, podcast, seminar and training course boils down to the same simple instructions for being a leader. So surely everyone must know how to be a leader by now. Why is management, leadership, business success not 100% guaranteed? I think because everyone is an individual, unique, and every team or group dynamic is special. Yet advice will often overlook that in pursuit of the easy answer. So I want to talk about how we approach leadership with the safety off and the guarantees removed. Let's get started. Everyone is different. This should be a statement of the obvious. Yet somehow when people move into the work environment, there can be a drive to realise a homogenous worker. The role begets the human who is delivering it. How does this manifest itself? That managers and colleagues will become focused on delivery without giving weight to the way workers work. And in doing that, little focus is paid to the way people work alongside each other, perhaps considering their personalities, mixes and clashes while neglecting the deeper meanings of how people process information, how they best understand, how they can excel and the conditions each person thrive in. The reason for this is largely an outcome of working in groups, groups which are formed to spread workload rather than develop to create a balance of approaches to better harness this imagination and skills of individuals. This approach begins in education. Across the West, the overwhelming uh, approach by society to deliver education is to transmit information uniformly into as large a group of children and young people as can be accommodated in a room. This has the appeal of mass the uniformity of approach will reach the largest audience in a way which is mechanically efficient. However, it is widely recognised that as humans have a wide variety of ways of understanding, those children and young people whose abilities fall out with the mainstream will struggle to learn at the pace of the group. This same approach is taken in many workplaces. The volume of work decides the workforce and roles overtake the people. When managers recruit, they will likely concentrate on determining the candidates which stand out from the pack and who they like. They will likely forget to think more deeply about the candidate's approach to understanding and delivering, to neglect to consider how the candidate will work alongside those existing team members. How we learn, how we think, imagining, reacting and creating is critical. But these should be considered in a variety of ways. How the individual will work in the best of circumstances, the worst of circumstances, and in groups. A person could be a dependable, creative, and hard-working individual, but struggle to work in a group. The reasons they struggle could be manifold. Perhaps they have an introverted personality and feel it difficult to share their views. They may be overly confident and unwilling to listen to others. Or they could be sharing and it is others in the group who are unwilling to allow the individual to contribute. Yet the priority for leadership is to consider the team, its dynamics and the ways individuals interact with one another. And this is far from complex than most people would like to consider. 
This is because the risk is that leaders will look for like-minded personalities or create an environment where only consensus is allowed. And in these cases, the energy which is created by managed conflict, the space for opposing views to debate and argue their ideas and create something new and better as a result, is a loss which cannot be recovered. Those leaders who do not like conflict are not leaders. Instead, they are only managers, people who manage situations. This approach has its place, but when it comes, becomes the status quo, the team will lose energy, and in the long term, the pleasantness will become stultifying. The opposite is also true. If a manager neglects to foster a team which can recognise the value of the individual and the need to ensure agreement can be reached, allows for a chaotic environment, a working space in which conflict is the norm and once unfettered cannot be controlled. The leader instead must choose the team carefully and then act positively to harness the energies of the individuals. Leaders cannot be frightened of conflict in pursuit of progress, but they can also not let go of the reins and allow focus to drift. Not every individual can be happy all of the time, but their unhappiness must become from a fleeting frustration that they disagree or are unsure of the decisions of the group. And in these moments, the leader earns the role working closely to support the individual to accept or understand and re-energise them to come back to the group and continue to move projects forward. Tools such as Myers-Briggs are very helpful, allowing individuals to consider their own learning styles and managers to have information which they can use to shape the dynamics of that team. And it's important to remember that there is fluidity, people change, challenges change and team members change. Leaders must stay focused on creating the environment that works for the dynamic of the group. An example. A team of marketers are given a campaign to develop. The lead establishes the client's objectives and the audience they feel they wish to reach. The leader needs to develop the campaign in 12 days to pitch to the client. Two of the team want to take the brief and work together in a room. They always work together and feel comfortable in each other's company. Three of the team feel their skills are unique and they want to work alone. A new member has joined and has never worked with the group. They haven't made relationships yet and feel somewhat isolated, waiting to be told what to do. What is the best course of action? Letting individuals following their comfortable approach will keep harmony, but the leader will not be able to get a unified vision until the group return. If the leader demands that the group work together, they know that the competing personalities are unused to the approach and some of the team will struggle. The leader decides that there is a need to balance his approach. Calling the group together, the leader establishes that the individuals can work in their comfortable approach but only after the group has reached consensus on the broad approach. The leader asks each individual to contribute ideas and to explain their approach. In doing so, everyone is able to hear what the others think. The leader identifies that there are two core ideas which are shared but need work. The groups are asked to work as they wish on both ideas for three days and return. The new staff member is asked to work alone at this stage. The group then return and share their ideas. At this stage, the group are asked to agree which one idea is the best approach. Following discussion, a consensus is reached. The leader then assigns tasks to each member working in teams of two. Deadlines are set and a final session is called to finish the pitch. The group has worked together and as individuals, in new groups 
and on ideas that they did not necessarily agree with, the focus has been to harness the energy of the group, including the diversity of the approach. If you found this information useful, please leave me a comment. If you feel this information is incorrect or incomplete, also leave me a comment. Thank you for listening.